morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Hope everyone's happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Special thank you to Judy, who was in New York yesterday for the boost. Judy is our indefatigable producer. She was in New York yesterday, and I see her on today, so that's pretty impressive. So thank you for your hard work for the boost. It's not unrecognized how hard you work for this, and we really appreciate it. A lot goes into the boost, for those that are listening. We don't just roll in, and maybe I do a little bit, but there are people around that are working pretty, really, really hard. So thank you, Judy, for all that you do. It's Wednesday. That means that the week's almost over, which means we got to get stuff done. We've been talking about our energy and how important it is for us to maintain it. I was thinking about yesterday, what we were saying in terms of what's in front of us and the sides of us. And I want to go a little bit deeper. And I want to share some I guess some of the spiritual wisdom that I've learned from different opinions as to what happens when somebody detaches. So I think there's a major misconception. And I think the misconception is that God is the same for everyone. Meaning my relationship to God, God is an entity that is outside me. And as a result, you know, he lives, you know, up there. And I, down here, choose when to interact with him. Usually if I need something, I go knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And if I don't, I can get back to my life. If there's something that was really wrong with the world, I clearly blame him. Um, If there's somebody doing some bad stuff, it's his fault as well. And there are times a year where I have to be much more focused on him, but there's a him and there's a me. Now, on the show, we've dealt with that. God's inside us. He's also outside us, but the relationship that we have to God, at least in the spiritual approach that I'm sharing with you, or the relationship we have to God, period, I'm just telling you the, the approach, comes from the inside, right? Just, just to understand, like the reason why your phone could use Wi-Fi and you can't is because your phone has something in it that is able to pick up the Wi-Fi when your body, not yet. I'm sure they're going to figure out how to do that soon. I'm sure there's going to be a time really soon where inside your brain will be some way to like pick up Wi-Fi signals, but that's not coming in yet. Probably like in a week, but like not yet. But our bodies are not built to pick up Wi-Fi signals. So if I walk into a room, I can't like, you know, like smell the air, you know, like, and like, just like, like sort of go, hmm, yeah, there's a, there's a free, you know, Wi-Fi. Airport Wi-Fi is right around here. It's pretty strong. It doesn't work. We just, I just don't know. But my phone knows and my computer knows because in those things are chips that are sensitive to Wi-Fi. The reason why we can even pick up something that is spiritual and divine even though we're just flesh is because we are built with the chip called our soul that has the ability to pick up on spirituality. That's why certain things feel better than others. That's why we feel a lot of our deep unarticulable feelings is connected to that point inside us. But our having that is why we can do things like that's why we can manipulate the spiritual world. That's why prayer even can work. Because we have the chip that can pick up 
the godly Wi-Fi. So when you have a piece of God inside you, a ray, if you will, of the divine energy, it could connect to the energy around you. But one of the mistakes that we make is that we think it's all like static. Like it's out there and we either pick it up or don't pick it up, right? And if we do, then great. And if we don't, then not great. That's not really how it works. There is a great book that I mentioned yesterday called The Gates of Faithfulness, Shar Habitachon. It's a section of a larger book called The Duties of the Heart, Chovot Halavavot. And in there, the author speaks about, and it's been spoken about in multiple ways otherwise. In that case, he really gives it a little bit more qualifications. I'll just explain the basic concepts. That, in fact, it's a dynamic relationship with God. Meaning, if I give up to him, there is a higher likelihood that he will then be more present for me. So in a way, God is our mirror. King David said this. He said, I'll say it in Hebrew and translate, Hashem tilcha al yad yeminecha. God is the shade of your right hand. Just like the shade moves with you, in a way, God interacts with you. So if you hold everything yourself and you're like, God, appreciate it. See you later. Catch you in a couple of months. But like, I got this. I'll handle my own kids. All right. Like, I appreciate it. Like, make sure the world's safe from Corona. You got your job. Let me handle my job. I'll worry about my business. I know my wife. I know my husband. God's like, really? Good luck. Let me know how it goes. So the react, the interaction of divine assistance is based on our ability to believe and to request divine assistance. And the more divine assistance we expect and the more divine assistance we want, the more divine assistance is available. So think of it like this. There's, imagine you're in front of, you know, a pot of coffee. Let's just live in my dreams for a second. Freshly roasted pot of coffee. And they come and pour your, on your cup, you know, the waiter. So sometimes you're like, you know, you put your hand by the cup and you're like, we're good. Sometimes you put your hand by the cup, you're like, just keep it pouring. And then you start bringing over cups on the table because you just don't want, you're, you're worried when that guy's coming back. So all the cup, I don't you've ever done this before. If you're sitting like at like a hotel breakfast and like you're basically sitting alone at like a larger table and it's like seven empty cups and like just pour for everybody so that you know there's enough coffee for you. And if you've ever done that before, there's enough coffee for everybody. The guy will go back and get coffee. It's about the vessel. You open the vessel, more coffee comes in. You close the vessel and less coffee comes in. The waiter's happy to pour you whatever you want. God's happy to give you as much energy as you want. If the, there's a concept of earning it. Like you can't just do whatever you want. There's, you know, it's not like we just get to like wake up in the morning and order God. There's, it's a relationship, right? You, you can't just like get him when you need him, but actually you can, but it's a little more complicated. But the ability for us to understand that letting go 
isn't just because it creates a negative vibe in our mind, which then blocks our energy. That's basics. That's like <coughs> level one. When you are worried about tomorrow, you are creating a negative cognition, which is blocking your energy, which then allows you to be less effective today. That's Dale Carnegie 101. I mean, that's straight. But it's much deeper spiritually. When you can't let go tomorrow, you're basically shutting down your own vessel for God's intervention. You're basically saying, I don't need you. I got this. Enabling the human physical aspects to dominate what is in front of you and not the spiritual divine aspects dominate what's in front of you. When you let go of tomorrow and you put, you say like, you know, you let go and you let God, when you put it out into his hands, it's not just that you're getting the benefit of being in the now. And now you can actually focus on what's in front of you. You are, but it's not, it's not, it's not just that. It's that you're able to access a level of divine energy and intervention that would otherwise have not have been available to you. So the assistance that we really need to make it in this world, the, the, the benevolence, the coincidence in quotes, that seems to be around that allows things to fall into place. That feeling, that ability to go beyond oneself and to reach to things that are even beyond your abilities, it's connected to your ability to let it go from that which is right in front of you. The more we know what is in our domain and what is not in our domain, the more we enable somebody else to do what's their job. And in this case, God. And in fact, if you go into that, that book, which is incredible, he speaks about how when you go in the world and you give other people the force, you've now handed them a power that may be inappropriate for them. So if you go to a doctor and assume that your health is dependent on that doctor, and that doctor is the end all and be all to your health and not just a messenger who is doing his job or her job, who has to, through the physical world and her brilliance, figure out how to help you. But the health doesn't come from a doctor. The health comes from God. It goes through the physical world. It goes through medicine. It goes through scholarship. It goes through science many times. But it's not the end all. But if a person looks at the doctor and goes, the doctor is the end. Now that person is giving the doctor the power that that doctor wouldn't have otherwise had, thereby making it less likely the doctor has the divine assistance that they would have had to help you in the way you should have been helped. This is like, like deep stuff, which I think to some maybe a little, a little much. So just like live with me for a few minutes here. A 
according to this way of thinking, that doctor is getting their thoughts from somewhere. Okay, it's scholarship and working, but the insights, the ideas, the ability to help you, the ability to know what it is, and the ability for the advice to work and for it to land and for it to make and for it to work in, in, a, in a long way. So the more we walk into a room, <coughs> wherever we are, and we allow the things that don't belong to us to not be ours, but it to be in, in the hands of those who are responsible. Let the doctor do the doctor's job. Let God do God's job. My job is to walk in and be happy. My job is to know what I can and can't do. Once we're able to let go of everything that we can't specifically be responsible for, or everything that we shouldn't be doing, and we place it in the right hands, if you will, now we are aligning not just our energy from coming out and from inside us. We're also aligning the energy that is outside us to be able to come into us. So we're, if you, we're like aligning ourselves for success. The worry, anxiety, figuring it out when it's beyond me is not only shutting down my ability to tap into what's inside me, which is my energy that I need to get through this the challenge of my day, whatever it is, work or life or whatever that is. Not only is it blocking me from coming from the inside, it's blocking me from getting the benefit from the outside. It's blocking me and turning me into a smaller vessel of divine assistance. And in this book, in this safer the author, the author speaks about that concept that a lot of faithfulness and faith really comes down to knowing what you can do and what you can't do and to allow God to play his role. And he has a whole, it's an incredible piece in there. He speaks about occupations, which I loved. And how when you do the job you're not supposed to do, you're doing it because you don't believe God can provide for you in an area that you're meant to be doing in your life, which I thought was super powerful. Right. If you're in this world with certain talents, you should be doing certain things. And if you're not doing them because you're worried that those talents can't get you the livelihood that you need, well, what you're saying is that like God can't provide you with the talents that you have. So you have to be somebody else. And that's I think powerful just in general, but it's but in specific what we're saying right now. That's what we're trying to hit on. What I'm supposed to be doing right now, every single day, that's my job. And when I reach either to the sides to compete, to the front to control, to the back and regret, when I do all those things, what I'm doing is I'm showing God that I don't really think that you're in control. I really think that I'm in control. Now, you can help me if you want, but I really believe it's me. And when I really believe it's me, what God, what I could be doing is creating a dynamic in which I have less of him. You know, as one rabbi said, the atheists are right. Imagine a rabbi saying that. Because for them, they've banished God. So the atheist has lost all divine assistance because they banished God. And by deciding that God doesn't exist, now the divine assistance is unavailable to them. So the more one 
is tapped in, the more God is present. And so the ability for us to be thinking about our day and be thinking about the areas that I can control and be thinking about the areas that I can't control is by just getting that on, by just getting that underneath. It allows us to be able to really align ourselves to be the best that we can be. You know, it's amazing when you look at people that have accomplished a lot, especially with, and when I mean faith, I don't mean they necessarily they're, they're ritualistic. There's some people that have faith. Now listen, rituals, it's a complicated area, but if you look at like, you look at like the state of Israel, for example, you see lots of people that had this underlying faith that God would help them. They didn't just sit back and see what would happen. They worked really hard and they raised an army from nothing and they fought enemies from the first moment. If you look at Israel history, it is the David and Goliath story. Sometimes we forget about it now because we don't remember 1948 and 1967 and what went on back those days, 56, when a small little country with very little resources went up against massive countries, giant armies and air forces. So no one sat around and was like, yeah, let God save us. Like, I don't know, we're here on the homeland. Like, God, like, I don't know. How about locusts? That worked once, right? How about darkness? Because Egypt's got a big air force. And last time you got what Egypt messed with us, like, I don't know, you, you did pretty well over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so blood, frogs, I don't know. You got 10 of them. Pick one. Be fine. They didn't do that. They raised an army. They sent out their kids to battle. But if you really look at the annals of Israeli history, you'll see that they, not, they did not raise an army because they thought for one second that it was a fair fight. If you look closely at the rhetoric and the underlying energy that, especially in the beginning, held together the nation of Israel, it was a Let's do our job and God will do his. If you look at the rhetoric of what the songs the soldiers sing, and some of the speeches the soldiers heard, especially early on, you see a modern day proof to what we're talking about. Go do your job. They worried, but they did their job. Let God do his. There's no way that we're going to beat Egypt and Syria in 1967. None. Let's do our job. And the ability to go out there and to fight with the underlying understanding that I only can do what I can do. And I can't get into the domain that doesn't belong to me. I'm going to rely on something bigger than me. That's what triggers the assistance that is now the state of Israel, right? As David Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister said, if you do not believe in miracle, you are not a realist in the state of Israel because it was everywhere. That's the balance. And it's super hard. People think that faith means you don't work. It's not true. Faith means you work really hard. You work and you think and you plan and you work. You just don't think you're running the show. The ability for your hands 
to be doing work, but for your heart to know that there's something bigger than you. That is the almost impossible balance of faith and action. And once we can start to understand how that balances, once we can work ourselves to live in both of those worlds, that's when we can actually get, in my opinion, an incredible amount done. Because now we are doing what we can be doing with a full heart. And we are allowing God to do what he does with a full heart, which then only brings more assistance to us to do what we're doing. All right. Just think about that for a second. The balance of faith and action. People think that people of faith do less. It's not true. People of faith actually do more. They just do it a little more in a focused way. Their hands are just as are working just as hard, just that their heart is a lot calmer. All right. We'll discuss. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I can't wait to meet you tomorrow. Have a great day.